It's already time for some knockout hockey. Yes, the Champions Hockey League returns this week with the round of 16, pitting some of the best teams in Europe against each other. In this episode of the podcast, we will be previewing the eight matchups, as well as looking at the big NHL news of the weekend, the sacking of Edmonton Oilers head coach, Jay Woodcroft. Welcome to the Hockey with Ice podcast. Hello and welcome to the Hockey with Ice podcast with me, Matt Smith, recording this episode on Monday, November 13th. I hope you're all doing well. We have got, was it Storm Debbie to contend with here in the UK? Stupid name, of course, but it is battering various parts of the country at the moment. So I hope those of you in the UK are safe and warm. The rest of you, of course, can indulge us in the great British pastime that is talking about the weather. We've got a very busy, very exciting week of hockey here in Europe. We have the Champions Hockey League, which we'll come to on Tuesday and Wednesday. We then have the restart of the major domestic European leagues after last week's international break. And that all comes alongside the four NHL Global Series games that are taking place in Stockholm from Thursday through Sunday. We have Detroit Red Wings, Minnesota Wild, Ottawa Senators and the Toronto Maple Leafs making a trip across the Atlantic to play some hockey over here. So exciting for everyone going out there, either in Sweden already or heading to Sweden to watch some NHL games live. And always good for us too, because it's great to see those live games at a nice convenient time for us here in Europe. Hope your weekend was good too. It's another week. Those weeks keep coming around pretty quickly, don't they? Dearie me, nearly coming up to halfway through November. My weekend was a bit up and down. I know I mentioned in the previous episode I had Norwich City and Edmonton Oilers to contend with, both in horrendous form of late. Both got desperately needed wins over the weekend, which was nice, but we did then have the somewhat bizarre outcome on Sunday evening, UK time at least, when Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft was sacked anyway. But we'll dive into that one too. I did enjoy watching some of the other NHL games actually over the weekend, not least the early game. That was on Sunday. That was Chicago Blackhawks against the Florida Panthers. Boy, oh boy, Connor Bedard. This is hot take of the podcast. He is pretty good, isn't he? With a couple of ridiculous goals. Then he got smashed into the boards by one of the Panthers' defensemen. As you would expect, there was this big ruckus with his teammates coming in, retaliating. It's the sort of treatment he's going to get, of course. But yeah, dearie me, a couple of incredible finishes. He's shot is so quick his release of that shot is so quick and so accurate so hard to stop he is going to be something special in the national hockey league there's no doubt about that from one talented 18 year old to a group of with no disrespect whatsoever slightly less talented 18 year olds and under but i do want to pick up on a topic i mentioned in the previous podcast episode which was the Great Britain under-18s women's team who were playing in a Four Nations tournament over the past weekend. Three games in that, they lost the opener to Poland 3 to nothing, but then bounced back with two good wins, a 6-4 win over Spain and then a 5-1 win over Iceland. Fantastic experience for head coach Sean Alderson and his team. Heading abroad, getting to represent your country. Brilliant experience for them, great development 
opportunity for everyone involved. So well done, everyone. Lots of goals flying in too. So good for them. Good to see the under 18 women's team of Great Britain doing well and getting that great experience in a nice little international competition. And as I mentioned, there's been quite a lot of international play over the past week among Europe teams and Europe junior teams because we've had the about 10 day break in the domestic league campaigns for most of the leagues, not all of them, but most of them to allow national teams to get together and to start preparing for the world championships and other events coming up over the next four or five months. So lots of exciting hockey internationally to enjoy in the near future, but also lots of domestic hockey to enjoy. And that leads us to the main topic of today's podcast episode, which is the Champions Hockey League. So the Champions Hockey League is back after a month off and it is time for knockout hockey. It comes around pretty quickly in the Champions Hockey League and that is part of what makes it such an exciting competition. It is the premier or premier if you are a North American competition here in Europe. As the name would suggest, it is the Champions League as we see in football, soccer, but for uh, ice hockey teams. Different format this year, if you haven't been following it to this point, just to set the scene, really, we've had uh, what they've called a regular season. Though it's really a group stage, to be honest. But each team had six games. At the end of those six games, we had the standings. One to 16 made the playoffs. They're seeded in order. So the first team plays the 16th team, second team, 15th, and so on and so forth. We do know that there will be a new champion this year because reigning CHL champions Tapura Tampura of Finland were knocked out and they are not in the playoffs. Big shock there. So a new champion will be crowned this year and we are heading to the round of 16. So round of 16, we have games on Tuesday and Wednesday this week. So that's Tuesday 14th, Wednesday 15th this week. And then there is the second leg of each of those Matchups will be the following week on Tuesday or Wednesday. So round of 16, same with quarterfinals and semifinals are home and away legs with an aggregate score. So they play at both venues. At the end of the second game, the aggregate score across the two games is what determines the winner. If the teams are level after 120 minutes, well, that's when the Peak drama really kicks in at that point because we then have a 10 minute overtime period where it's, well, sudden death or golden goal, depending which way you want to call it, to get through. And if it's still level after those 10 minutes of overtime play, it is a shootout to determine who goes through. We are going to look at all eight matchups and we start with the obvious place to start, really. First against 16th. First in the Champions Hockey League regular season. This year it was Adler Mannheim from Germany and they take on Rappersville Iona Lakers of Switzerland. So Adler Mannheim topped the Champions Hockey League standings, five wins and an overtime loss. Big thing for them was how good they were on the penalty kill during those six games. They killed 28 out of 29 penalties in those regular season games. So very tough to score on even when they were shorthanded. Their leading scorer in the six 
Champions Hockey League games was David Wolf, who did play three games in the NHL for the Calgary Flames a few years back. He's in his eighth season with the team, got six points from his six games, four goals, two assists. They're going pretty well in their domestic league, the Penny DL in Germany. And they're fifth in that league with 30 points from their 18 games. The Ice Bear in Berlin is essentially, I think, the Berlin Polar Bears. They are top with 39 points. So they're in the running in the champ in their domestic league as well as having a fantastic start in the Champions Hockey League campaign. One name you will know if you are coming to the team for the first time is Tyler Ennis. Ennis, sorry, he is former Edmonton Order, among other NHL teams. Joined the team in October, has played five games so far, got three assists, but this will be his first Champions Hockey League game with Adler Mannheim this season. So he will be in the team for them against Rappersville, Yona Lakers. Now, like a lot of teams, it has to be said, as you'll see as we go through these matchups, they've not had a great start to their domestic campaign. They are 11th out of 14 teams in the Swiss National League with only eight wins from their 21 games. And they were not in good form heading into the international break. They'd um, lost their last four games heading into the international break. So... You can take that two different ways from a momentum point of view. That's not great to go into the international break like that. But at the same time, international break maybe has come at the right time for them. They can take a breath, reset, get going again for the Champions Hockey League round of 16 and to kick on in a domestic league from there. They have made a signing over the international break just a few days ago. They have signed former NHL winner, winger, sorry, Martin Frick from Bern in the Swiss National League. Played for Carolina, Detroit and the LA Kings in the LA NHL. Spent last season with the Springfield Thunderbirds, great name, in the American Hockey League and did well there last season. But no real opportunities for him. So he moved to Bern in the Swiss Hockey, in the Swiss National League for the season. Played in 11 games, got seven points, but for whatever reason has decided to move on. From Rappersville's point of view, they needed reinforcements because unfortunately they've been hit by a bunch of injuries. Primarily in this case, Brett Connolly, who is a 31-year-old Canadian winger who has had to undergo hip surgery that will finish his season, unfortunately. So they needed to replace his production and they have with Martin Frick. So we'll see how he gets on with his new team. Rappersville were free and free in their regular season in the Champions Hockey League. And Although you may think first against 16th, not going to be very likely. One thing you will say about Rappersville is that their final two regular season games were against Tupperer Tompra, which was a 4-2 home win, and then a narrow 3-2 overtime loss against Vecchia Lakers, Vecchia being the reigning Swiss, Swedish Hockey League champions. So they've shown that they can come up against the best teams and really compete hard. So we'll see what Adler Mannheim are able to do in terms of, will they push them to one side or will Rappersville really make them work for it? I think Lavasa, the first leg is in Rappersville on Tuesday, Tuesday 14th. It's a 7.45pm local time start. And certainly, as is the case with a lot of these matchups, you really feel Rappersville need to get a lead in that first leg. If they can get a lead at home, take a lead to Mannheim, they may have a shot. The smart money would be on Adler Mannheim going through here, but not out of the question completely that Rappersville could pull off a shock. The winner of that matchup 
We'll face the winner of the next matchup we will look at, which is Lancy Pelicans against Vikovic Radira. Uh, both were 4-2 and two in the regular season in the Champions Hockey League. Lolati did beat Fikovic of 4 to nothing in a matchup at the Isku Arena. Neither team are impressing domestically, though, so far. Fikovic, since a 5-0 win over Ingolstadt, wrapped up their Champions Hockey League regular season. They've lost five of their six games in the Tipsport Extra Liga, uh, the second from bottom in the Czech League. Just five wins from their 17 games so far, so they are struggling badly. Have made a few roster changes in recent days. Marcel Brinker, I think it is, has joined from Isolone Roosters of Le Penny DEL. And Jonas Baterik has joined from a Finland team. Been playing in the Masters League in Finland. Had 18 points from 14 games in that one. A 22-year-old joins the team. So they've brought in a couple of reinforcements to their forward line. But they really need it. They need something special in the Champions Hockey League. And then they need to carry on that form in their domestic league. As for Lati Pelicans, they're 12th out of 15th in the Finnish Liga. They have recently re-signed the veteran forward Onti Turavainen. He was with the Fishtown Penguins in Germany last season, but has returned to Lati just in the past couple of weeks. American Ryan Lash led the team with 16 points from 18 league games so far in a domestic competition, and he scored in that 4-0 win over Vukovic in the Champions Hockey League, as did Artur Jomsen, who was a seventh-round pick of the LA Kings, the 2020 draft. So they've got some good forward prowess in that team. I don't know. This one could go either way. I do think Lati Pelicans should be a little bit too strong for Fitkovic. And the first game is in Lati, so they have the opportunity to really stamp their authority on this time. But, again, neither team is looking particularly good in domestic competitions. So you would expect neither team's confidence is particularly high right now. And if Fitkovic can at least hold things level, maybe get a, a, a draw, a tie in the first game, and then take it to the second game, Ooh, they could come for it, but that's an interesting matchup for the round of 16 here. Now, we move from that matchup on to BLBN against Foriastad. Foriastad, we covered them in the last podcast episode. They are currently leading the Swedish Hockey League playing some incredible hockey in the Swedish Hockey League right now. So they are going to be a tough nut to crack for BLBN. They'll be confident of getting through, frankly, Stad, but BLBN will put up a good fight. We know that well. Um, like other teams we've mentioned, that they're 12 out of 14 in the Swiss National League, so they're just one place behind Rappersville Jonas. So another team that isn't doing very well domestically. But they went 3-3 three and three in the Champions Hockey League regular season, although they did lose 4-1 to Forestad at the Lufsberg Arena. So they've got that loss to get some revenge for. It will be tough for them to do it. If they do, they'll be led by their two Finnish stars, Jero Salonen, who has 17 points from 20 games in the National League, and Tony Rayala, who has got 16 points from 19 games. The big concern for them still is Gaten Haas, who had five points in five Champions Hockey League games, but has been sidelined since October 21st with a concussion injury. It's a former Edmonton Oiler, got a lot of good pedigree, a lot of experience. It's a big loss for them, obviously, with it being a concussion injury. 
that is 100 times more important than hockey, so we just hope for good health from him. But there's been no word so far as to when he may come back, whether he's back in time for the first game tomorrow, I do not know. But, um, yeah, the main thing is he is back healthy and back on the ice at some point. But it's hard to look past Faria's start in this one, but BLBN will do their best at the Tiso Arena. They'll be there on time. Nice little watch joke there for you. Insert your own watch jokes for the Tiso Arena. But BLBN, yeah, they need, they need to keep it close in that first leg because if they don't, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. The next matchup includes another team from Sweden, Hlefja, as you have to pronounce it. They're eighth in the Swedish Hockey League. They are taking on Ocelari Trinich. So Trinich are fourth in the Tipsport Extra Liga with 11 wins from 17 games, being led by the ageless 37-year-old Martin Ruzitska, defying the aging process, really. Got a point per game last season and has started with 19 points from 17 games so far in this one. Meanwhile, in Champions Hockey League play, where they went 3-3 three three in the regular season, Libor Hudacek put up 10 points in the six games to lead all of the Champions Hockey League in points. So he's going to need to re rediscover that form in the Champions Hockey League and carry it on if Trinec are going to have a good chance against Palefja. Now, Halefja, eighth in the Swedish Hockey League. They've won nine of their 16 games so far, but they've lost four of the last five games before the break. Again, like some other teams, maybe that international break has come at just the right time for them to have a reset. And one thing that has happened is that they have made a big addition over recent days. Andreas Jonsson, who played in the National Hockey League for the Maple Leafs, the Devils, and also the Sharks, has joined Halefja on a long-term contract, well, three years or so, 2026-2027, sorry. He is there for until the end of that season. He did actually play in 13 NHL games last season. I think a few for the Devils and a few for the Sharks. Mainly was in the American Hockey League last year. Had signed a deal with Pittsburgh to see if there was an opportunity for him this coming season, but none really materialised to his liking. So he has decided to return to Sweden Joining up with his brother, uh, Jonathan, who is injured at the moment. I think he's injured probably until the new year, Jonathan. But he is back with previously playing for Frau Lunda. That's where he came from. And there was quite a lot of talk that he would go back to Frau Lunda. But it's Halefja who have got the signing. And that is a big addition. Very speedy player. And could be a real threat to Trinec in this matchup. Not 100% confirmed that he will be in the team for the first leg, but it looks very likely that he will do. The first game is in Trinec, so it's one of those situations where Australia Trinec, they are the underdogs in the matchup, so they need a good start rather than to be going to Halefja and having to chase the tie. Moving on, the next one is what I am going to consider. My, this is my dark horse for matchup of round of 16 and may take a few people by surprise, but I think this is going to be a cracker. It's Ilves Tompra against Dinamo Pardubica. Now, they actually played each other on game day one in the regular season and Ilves beat them, beat Pardubica 3-1, but plenty has happened since that point. 
Dino Padovic are currently top of the Tipsport Extra League with 14 wins from 18 games. Um, and of the four games that have lost, three of them have come in overtime. So they've been extremely competitive in the Extra League so far this season. They've won their last four games and most recently a 2 win over Vitkovica, their fellow Champions Hockey League team. So they're in good form. Their offence is firing. Lucas Radiel, 21 points. Robert Cusel, 16 points. And Thomas Hicker has 15 points. Lalata got five assists and a goal in the Champions Hockey League regular season. So they are going to be a team that is going to put Ilves Tompera under a lot of pressure. Now, Ilves, of course, are flying the Tompera flag after their their counterparts at the Nokia Arena were knocked out, the reigning champions, Tupra Tompra. So Ilves are on the march. Ola Palava has 21 points in 21 games in the Finnish Liga for Ilves and Petter Koditek. Leads the team with 12 goals, while Seattle Kraken prospect Yanni Norman has 13 points from 19 games. The American defenseman Les Lancaster got five goals in the Champions Hockey League regular season. So there's plenty of goals in that team. And that's why I think this could be a real cracker. Dinro Pardubitz at top of their league. Ilves Tompra second in the Finnish Liga. Tupper Tompra just uh, three points ahead of them. So... This could be a cracker. It could be a high-scoring affair. It's one of two games that is starting on Wednesday rather than Tuesday this week. So it's Wednesday 15th. It's starting in Tompra at the Nokia Arena. So that could be an absolute cracker. Ilves Tompra against Dinamo part of it. So it's too close to call for me, but it should be one to keep an eye on. Next up, it is Innsbruck against Luko Rama. So Innsbruck went 3-3 three three in the Champions Hockey League regular season with Corey Mackin. And Braden Shaw, both logging eight points. They are currently eighth in the Ice Hockey League in Austria, or I think we have to call it the Win Today Ice Hockey League. Got 19, nine wins from their 17 league games so far. Uh, Nate Halbert is the real star here from my biased British point of view because he was split nationality, Canadian Great Britain. He was born in Nottingham and played for Great Britain recently last season. Spent the last two seasons with the Coventry Blaze here in the UK in the Elite Ice Hockey League. So we want to see Nate do well for Innsbruck. As for Luko Rama, they're sixth in the Finnish Liga so far with 11 wins from 22 games. Couple of players with Carolina Hurricane links on the team. Tamo uh, Rail Noonan has 15 points in 21 games so far. Led the team with six points in the Champions Hockey League regular season. We also have Tuka Tiksola. Um, Tuka Turksola, I think is how you pronounce it, actually. He was a fourth-round pick for Carolina in the 2019 draft. They finished third in the Champions Hockey League regular season. So had a really good campaign. Five and one they went in their six games. So they've been in good form, decent form in their domestic league. Not sparkling form, but decent form. So you would back Luca Rama to come through against Innsbruck, but the first game is in Innsbruck. So if they can make a good fist of it in that first game on Tuesday and get themselves a lead, they can make it very difficult heading back to Finland for the second tie the following week. Last two matchups 
Firstly, we have Genève Servette against Red Bull München, Red Bull Munich, as we might call them in England. They both won three games in a regular season to qualify for the playoffs. And they are both reigning champions of their domestic league. So Genève Servette, reigning champions of the Swiss National League, although not so not going so well for them this season. So far, they're eighth in the league with 10 wins from 20 games. They've got a strong Finnish core to the team. Defenseman Sami Fatanen has 19 points in 20 games. In the National League, Sakari Mananen and Faltri Fipula lead the forwards with 14 points each. During those six Champions Hockey League regular season games, they were averaging four goals per game and killed 18 of 19 penalties. So they are a strong outfit, very solid, and will be a real test for Red Bull Munich. As for Munich, they're currently fourth in the Penny DEL in Germany with 31 points from their 18 games, just ahead of Adler Mannheim in those standings. Canadians Trevor Parks and Ben Street lead the team with 13 points each in their domestic league, whilst American defenseman Jonathan Blum amassed nine points from the five Champions Hockey League games he played in earlier this season, eight of those nine points coming on assists. So this is another close one. First game is on Wednesday, Wednesday 15th, and is in Munich. Hmm. We'll be interested to see who gets the advantage there. I might put it Genève Savet, perhaps have the advantage there because they go back home in the second leg They'll know what they need to do to get through. So that could be the decisive point in this matchup, but it should be a close one between those two teams, two reigning champions of the domestic leagues, flying the flag for their countries and should be a cracker. And the final round of 16 matchup should be another cracker. It is Ungolstadt against Fekir Lakers. So Fekir... 6-0 in the Champions Hockey League regular season. They're currently second in the Swiss Swedish Hockey League, sorry. They are the reigning champions of the SHL2, so we all know about the quality that Fekwa possess. I covered them in my previous podcast episode, so if you haven't listened to that one, you can check out all of the latest news from the Swedish Hockey League in that podcast. A tough, tough task for Ingolstadt, the 10th in the German Penny DEL, with seven wins from the 18 games so far. They went 3-3 three and three in the Champions Hockey League. They do have a chance, I think. Their first game is at the Saturn Arena on Tuesday, so they can keep in the tie and then try and take something to Vecchia to see what they can do from there. Daniel Pieta leads the team in points with 13 in domestic league play. Uh, Wojciech, Wojciech Stachowiec, I think is how you pronounce it, is on 12 points and was the team's joint points leader in the Champions Hockey League with four from the regular season games. Now, the one thing that is blindingly obvious when you look through the stats for Ingolstadt from the regular season of the Champions Hockey League is that they have to get something going with their power play unit. They were just a 9.09% on the power play during their six regular season games. So they need, a find, they need to find a way to make that man advantage count. If they get on the man advantage against Vakit, they have to make it count. Otherwise, it's going to be very tough for them to get through. But if they can try and put that right, get a win in their first game at the Saturn Arena this Tuesday... Then, again, it's the same old thing. They'll put the pressure back on Fekua. You would expect Fekua to get through, but Ingolstadt can put them under pressure and it could make for a very interesting return leg in the following Tuesday in Sweden. So there we are. Those are 
the round of 16 games. There are some crackers, as I said. I do think that one between Ilves and Dinamo Pardubica could be the round of uh, the tie of the round, but there are a few others in there that could steal a march on them. So let's see. The games are available from various different outlets depending on where you are in the world. Here in the UK, we get to see most of them on YouTube. They are being shown on YouTube, all of them. It's just it depends whether you are geo-blocked from watching them depending on the TV deal that may or may not have been signed in your local territory. So have a look on the Champions Hockey League website and see where you can view them because these games are brilliant, especially now we're in the knockout stages. There's some great hockey to watch. You shouldn't be sleeping on the Champions Hockey League. If you're over here in Europe, yes, we all love the NHL, but there's some great players, some great teams here in Europe. The Champions Hockey League really brings out the best of them, especially the knockout stages. So lots of great hockey to enjoy. And I will be wrapping up or rounding up where everything is after the first leg when I do my podcast next Monday, which will be ahead of the second legs. And there are sure to be some brilliant second legs in the Champions Hockey League next week where teams are going to be potentially facing an upset, potentially creating a shock. And we will be looking forward to all of those next week. But for now, Tuesday and Wednesday this week on the 14th and 15th, catch some European hockey if you can with the first round, first leg of the round of 16 of the Champions Hockey League. So we're concentrating on the European hockey scene in this podcast episode, but I can't let this episode pass by without giving my thoughts on the news of the weekend with my Edmonton Oilers deciding to sack head coach Jay Woodcroft on Sunday, replacing him with Chris Knobloch, great name. I, I, I've gone backwards and forwards on this one. You may have seen on our YouTube channel my reaction video to the win on Saturday night against the Seattle Kraken, a 4-1 win. Jay Woodcroft went into that under so much pressure. Having lost the previous game against San Jose Sharks, it was desperate times for Jay Woodcroft. If it had lost that game, he was definitely out. And there is something to say that, well, if he was in that position already, one win shouldn't change that thought process too much. Um, it does feel harsh on Woody because there are plenty of things wrong at the moment with the Oilers. A lot of them, in my view, come back to general manager Ken Holland and how he's messed up some of the contracts. And he's really put us in a bit of a bind in terms of having to go 11 and 7 with forwards and defensemen not having any healthy scratches because we don't have cap space for all any healthy scratches so we there really wasn't much um, management in terms of player resources that Jay Woodcroft could do couldn't mix things about too much when you would love to do that when a team is low on confidence and just needing a spark there wasn't really a lot we could do because of the ridiculous cap situation Ken Holland has got the team in but we all know how it works the head coach carries the can it was clear something major had to change we couldn't just carry on with all the expectations coming into this season you couldn't just carry on with it struggling quite so badly after the loss to San Jose we were tied with San Jose for the worst record in the NHL and that is just completely unacceptable so 
it feels hard on Jay Woodcroft. I don't think it's all on him by any stretch of the imagination. But I understand them wanting to make a move. So Chris Knobloch has come in. Briefly had a little bit of time as NHL head coach during the COVID pandemic sort of situation at New York Rangers. But he's been in the New York Rangers organization for quite a few years managing their AHL team. Um, I was just trying to think who that was. Hartford Wolfpack, as they are known. Uh, he's well known to the CEO of Hockey Operations, Jeff Jackson. Lots been made out of the fact that he was a coach for Conor McDavid. I think when Conor McDavid was like 15, um, although Jeff Jackson was pretty clear in a press conference on Sunday that that really didn't have anything to do with it. But he is somebody who clearly is held in very high regard in hockey circles. By all accounts, he was somebody who was under strong consideration by the Rangers when they were looking for a new head coach themselves. Over the off-season, they decided to go to a more experienced option over the over the off-season. And I kind of understood that with where the Rangers roster is and things didn't quite go to plan in the playoffs last year. So bringing in Peter Laviolette made sense for them in their vacancy at the Rangers over the off-season. But Knobloch long been touted as a potential head coach in the National Hockey League. So he will get the chance with what is an Edmonton Oilers team with plenty of talent, plenty of promise. How much he will be able to turn things around remains to be seen. Um, it does feel like the changes Jay Woodcroft and his staff made to the defensive structure um, didn't really take, although I think they're probably going in the right direction. But that is something that Knobloch will have to focus on. We're going to score goals, there's no question about that. But the defensive side of things has been poor. And it's always the thing, goaltending hasn't been great either. Jack Campbell being put on waivers and being devoted to the AHL. But at the same time, they had so little protection in front of them from the defence. And of course, that then isn't just on the six defenders or seven defenders that uh, we have the roster at sometimes it's on the forwards too so there is a lot of work there does need to be some changes and everyone needs to buy into it it's a shame on Jay Woodcroft I feel a bit sorry for him he's a good guy he's a good coach I'm sure he'll get another opportunity in the NHL but as an Oilers fan we've got to get behind Chris Knobloch now the Oilers have back-to-back -back home games coming up so they are playing in fact tonight it's Monday night at home against the New York Islanders and they're playing Wednesday night at home against the Seattle Kraken. So we'll see how he can try to put some sort of stamp on the team. He's only had a one session with them on Sunday or some sort of practice with them on Sunday. So it's not a lot of time, especially the way the NHL regular season is. Games come in thick and fast. There's not a lot of time to try and change too much. It's going to be fairly subtle changes, I think, in the early going. As he gets used to the group, the group gets used to him. But it is a new era in Edmonton. Chris Knobloch taking over from Jay Woodcroft as head coach. So that is the main news. The Champions Hockey League, you are all ready for the round of 16 taking place on Tuesday and Wednesday this week. The first legs of the round of 16 and... Yeah, we can't wait for those matchups. There's some crackers forthcoming. And then we've got the Global Series games in Sweden. It's going to be a great week for European hockey fans and hockey fans all around the world. So 
I will see what I'm doing. I'm quite busy this week with hockey and other stuff. So I may try and do a live stream around one of the global series games, maybe on the Friday, Detroit and Toronto, maybe. Take a look on the Twitter account, Hockey With Ice, and I will tweet out details or X out details, if that's what we're supposed to say now, about whether I'll be doing a live stream or I'll be doing another podcast at some point later in the week to look at the Global Series games and also catch up more on the NHL news. So look out for those. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you've not done so already, please consider subscribing wherever you get your podcast from. And I will be back later in the week with another roundup on the Hockey Revised Podcast.